Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Thanks, Graham. Good to see you all this morning. How are you doing? I'm glad to hear a lot of goods. So it's great to be with you. Marilee and I are pastoral assistants at the church and lead the healing and restoration ministry. So we highly recommend that workshop that Graham highlighted during the announcements. Make sure to check that out. And lots of cool stuff going on this weekend. It's going to be great. Well, I wanted to start off this morning sharing some good news with you. Would you like some good news? There's plenty of not good news in our day. There's plenty of fake news, but we need some good news. And the good news is this. God is creator. He created the whole earth and it was perfect and it was good and he's perfect and he is good. And uh, he created man and woman in his image and they were together and everything was perfect. And then sin entered the scene and corrupted the whole thing. And now we live in a world that's fallen and we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we're disconnected from God by that sin because there's no sin in him and he can't even be in the presence of it. He's so perfect and holy. And so that was a problem because God loves people and he wanted to be in relationship with us. So what he did was he sent his own son, Jesus, who is God, to become a man, to live a sinless life, to die in our place, to pay for the, uh, the wages that our sin earned, which is death. So he died in our place to give us relationship with God the Father so that we could have his Holy Spirit inside of us, that we could live connected to him. And isn't that amazing? It is. It's transformed my life. I know it's transformed many of your lives, and that is the good news. And really, that is the framework for the sermon series we've been in all year, which is three journeys to spiritual growth. We talked for the first four months of the year about the inward journey. How does that good news apply to me? Where am I at in my relationship with God? Are there heart issues and things going on in me or ways that I think um, or or act that I, I can change to be better connected to him? And then over the summer, we were in the Upward Journey series where we talked all about what is God's character? What is he like? What, what are his likes and dislikes? What are things that he doesn't like? You know, and how do we respond to him? And so last week, Pastor Cameron introduced our third and final series of the year, which is the Outward Journey. The arrows that go like this on the slide up there, right? The Outward Journey. How do we share this amazing good news with the people that we're in contact with in our lives? How does it bubble up and overflow everywhere we go? So we're really excited to continue the Outward Journey series. And last week, Pastor Cameron introduced the theme verse for this series. So I just wanted to read it to you again. It's in John 20, and it says, Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So if you remember, Pastor Cameron highlighted really three things in this verse. Jesus calms the fear of his disciples with peace. He commissions them to go. In another place, it's called the Great Commission because he says, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And finally, the power and the presence of God he left when he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? So good. So that is the context of what we are starting on today. What's, what's today about, man? So today, our sermon is, the, is Obstacles in the Outward Journey. 
obstacles to this outward journey. So we all know that if we are Christ followers, that we've all been sent, right? In the same way that the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sends us. We've all been sent, okay? But sometimes we can feel stuck. We can feel hindered. There can be obstacles in the way. We don't really feel like we're, you know, doing the outward journey very well. And, and so what we wanted to do as we're introducing this brand new um, section, this last section of the year, we thought, well, let's take this week and next and let's overcome those obstacles so, so they can be out of our way, so we can be freed up to, to really engage with this outward journey. This is going to be an awesome last trimester of the year. And so that's what we want to do. We, wanna, um, we picked three main ones that came to our minds as we were thinking about the outward journey and sharing Jesus with those around us. And so we'll look at those today. But our heart is to really bring you a message of encouragement. It can be uh, maybe discouraging if you've tried and it hasn't gone, you know, hasn't gone very well for you or, or you haven't done it at all. And, and so um, what we want to do is just bring encouragement um, that, that you can overcome any obstacle in your way from doing the outward journey well, um, and, and we can do this. So, but I want to hear from you guys. What um, are some obstacles that you think you know, people experience that keep them from sharing Jesus with others. What comes to your mind? Fear. Yes. Good one. You can shout them out. Go, go yeah. for it. What else? What keeps people? Say it again. Busyness. Yeah, good one. Yeah, it's just not even on your radar because you're so busy with other things. Yeah. Rejection. Yeah, I heard inadequacy over here. Yes. Oh my gosh, these are good ones. You guys are hitting it. Mm -hmm. So I think they kind of hit our three obstacles. What did we come up with? We're we're in sync with with our crowd here. So the three obstacles that we're going to look at today are, I don't know what to say, and I can't do this, and I'm afraid. Okay, so we're going to look at these obstacles. We're going to look at a key strategy of how to overcome each Look at some scriptures and share some stories, and um, hopefully you can leave feeling encouraged and, and, and empowered to do this outward journey. Okay, so the first obstacle, I don't know what to say. The strategy for that is be prepared. All right, so 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared. That means to be ready. Be prepared to to do something or receive the one who is coming. So always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, so not with harshness or condescending attitude or disrespect. You know, come with a gentle spirit, uh, keeping a clear conscience, so you know after the conversation you've acted Christ-like and, you know, you're not feeling guilty afterwards. So that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Okay, so you're living in such a godly way that they actually feel ashamed for speaking against you. All right, so, so this, this command is to be prepared. And I read this and I was like, man, to prepare for something... 
You have to intentionally take time, set aside time. You can't accidentally prepare for something, right? You have to be intentional. And how many of you went camping this summer? How many of you prepared for that camping trip? Like, you have to have all the right things packed, right? And, or um, if you're going to run a race, you can't just show up to the starting line without having prepared and figured everything out and you know you're ready to run or for a big test you know you're not just gonna show up for your SATs without having prepared and so it's so important for things that are important like giving the reason for the hope that we have that we are that we are prepared we take the time to do that Paul is one who valued being prepared he says that he does not run like a man running aimlessly. He ran the race, this outward journey, in such a way to get the prize. You know, he was very intentional and prepared, and I think we are all, you know, we should all run that way. So are you, so my, yeah, my question for you this morning is, are you prepared to share the love of Jesus with someone? You know, Bill just opened the, the morning with that just a few minutes ago just that message of hope can you do that um what about sharing your personal story of when you chose to follow jesus you know how did it feel before you knew him and then how does it feel now and and what was that like can you put that into words and articulate that are you prepared to do that what about, do you have an answer for the various situations and, and comments that often come up in your life that, that people will say? You know, you can start to realize, like, oh, that people say that a lot to me. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare an answer. So I'm ready to take that conversation um, in a spiritual direction next time that happens. Um, so, so there are so many times that I've not been prepared. <laughs> um, where I wished I could go back and redo a conversation. And I'll share one such story with you now. Um, so it was this summer, and I was starting to talk to this guy about Jesus. And, you know, he knew what I was doing, was bringing it up and everything. And so he kind of stopped me. He said, well, you know, I am a Christian. I said, oh, you are? Because he didn't seem like a Christian. Um, he said, and he's like, yeah, I'm a CNE Christian. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I, what's that? <laughs> and he's like, I go to church on Christmas and um, I said Easter? He's like, yeah, Easter. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And he was like, um, yeah, and then he's, he's like, yeah, last Christmas I went to church. I was totally drunk. The whole time, and I, but it didn't matter because Jesus drank, and um, I actually passed out, helped pass out the communion elements, and he loves us just the way we are, so yeah, that was great, and I was just like, you're right, he does love us just the way we are. I was just so not prepared for that conversation, but it would have been a great conversation because he was happy to converse with me. There was no... Um, you know, kind of destructive confrontation. Um, you know, it, it would have been a, just a great conversation to continue. And, and I just was not prepared. And so I went home and told Bill, and he's like, oh, well, and he knew. He's like, you could have said something like, that's true. Jesus does love us just the way we are. Part of loving him is 
is following him and living life his way. And he, you know, says not to get drunk with wine, but instead to be full of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, just to kind of speak some truth in there. So anyway, I'll be more prepared next time I come across that situation. Um, but we learn from our conversations that maybe don't, we weren't prepared. We learn and we'll be more prepared next time. Um, but I think a lot of people that we want to reach out to in the outward journey, you know, are people that we can kind of plan for. We're going to see them again. It's a neighbor. It's a coworker, a client, or a friend, a family member, um, somebody that you're going to come across again. And um, so you can take time and, and prepare and ask the Lord, you know, what's the most effective thing that I can say to them? Or what do they need to hear today? You know, I am so much more effective and prepared um, for work, for the, for the clients that I see. If I take time to prepare before my day on the drive-in, all right, God, this is who I'm going to see today. What do they need to hear from you? Where, you know, the, I'll hear, hear, hear stories. And um, if I take time to prepare, man, it is so effective, and the Lord can use me, and it's super powerful. And on days I don't, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip. That's good, too, but it's so much more effective when I take time to prepare. Um, you know, there's this, there's this one guy who had just shared some really personal, tough stuff that he'd been going through, and I had listened well, and he appreciated that. Um, but I wanted to say something, you know, I'm like, Jesus, what do you want to say to him? And, and I just kind of felt like, oh, I don't, so much I could say. And the Lord just helped me narrow it down. Just let it, tell him I love him and that I, you know, want him to be close to me and I want to have a relationship with him. And so it was great. I was able to deliver that message. Um, or um, another client that I know, um, has been hurt by the church. And so I'm asking the Lord for a strategy for her. And he's like, just love her. Be an example of what a Christian really is and look for an opportunity to actually repent on behalf of the church for giving her a, a false representation of him. Like, okay, I can do that. So it's really like at delivering a message for Jesus. Like, hey, Graham, can you go hand that piece of paper to Joe? That is what the outward journey is. Like that, just giving a message to someone. And go ahead and, Graham, you can wrap that gift up with truth and love as you deliver it. Yes, yes. And so um, remember Cameron said it's the Holy Spirit that does the convicting. We're just meant to deliver the message. And so whether she receives it or not isn't, um, isn't what... You know, that's not your responsibility, but it is our responsibility to be prepared, like this verse says. So that's my encouragement for you for that first obstacle. Take time for preparation so you will be prepared with what to say. And that brings us to obstacle number two, which is, I can't do this. That's what it sounds like in my head anyway. And um, I can't do this also comes with other common things like, I can't do this because I'm an introvert, or I can't do this like so-and-so does in X and Y outreach. They're so good at it, but I'm not like them. Or um, 
This is something I can do. Yeah, I can kind of do this at Jesus Loves Kalamazoo in my red t-shirt with all the other red t-shirt people. Or, or on street ministry night, if I'm led by uh, Justin and Violet, I can kind of do that. But this is not something I can do at work. Oh my goodness. You know, or not with those friends. So th- those are kind of all the things that we lumped into. I can't do this. And the key strategy here is be you full of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so the encouragement is be genuine in your approach get these quick in here, right? You full of the Holy Spirit. Specifically, what is your personality? What has God done in your life? You know, what ways do you have strengths that you can bring to the table and offer in sharing your faith? Play to those and build your confidence in the outward journey. You know, get practice by using your strengths and then you can come back to Marilee's strategy for number one and prepare in the areas where you're not as good and start to stretch your comfort zone a little bit in those and grow. But start with what's easy (laughs) rather than like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do anything. It's like, I can't do this, but I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then you can build on it. So um, isn't this a beautiful table up here? I'm an engineer, and so I like order. I like things a certain way. And uh, the first rough draft of this slide was like bullets. And I'm like, no, we need a table. So this is a table. He blocked everything else out. While he made this table, including what I was saying to him at the moment. I would never do such a thing. (laughs) Never. Table is a great table. table and the task. Okay, so this is styles of outreach that we see in the New Testament, right? So I'm saying build on your strengths. Here are some strengths that others have shown us in the New Testament. And maybe one will resonate with you and you're like, oh, I can do that really well. And that's where maybe you want to start. Um, So... We look at um, the author of the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. He was an intellectual. He was a doctor and studied. And so at the very beginning of Luke in the first chapter, he says, I carefully investigated and wrote you an orderly account. Then we look at Priscilla and Aquila. You can say it if you want to. It's really fun. Priscilla and Aquila. Isn't it? It's fun. So these were people who were involved in ministry throughout the New Testament And actually, their strength was hospitality. They had a church that met in their home. In another place, we see where they invited Apollos, a fellow minister, into their home to teach him and help him grow and do ministry together with him. So hospitality is a good one. Did you know that the early church in Acts had a soup kitchen? Yeah, and the disciples, the 12 disciples of Jesus, or the 11 that are left, are like, um, hey, we need to lead this whole community of believers, but we're spending all this time on the soup kitchen. Now, they called it the daily distribution of food when you go look at Acts 6. But it was basically the soup kitchen. They're like, we need somebody full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we need a team of them to lead this soup kitchen for us. And the one that's highlighted to us is Stephen. So that's through service, through the distribution of food and meeting real needs. It's a great way to do outreach. And then we see Barnabas. Did you know that his name was actually Joseph? But everybody called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Obviously, his style was encouragement and teamwork. Every time he comes up, he's, he's going like this, figuratively at least, and saying, hey, Paul, let's go here and do this ministry. Hey, other guy, I forget. <laughs> let's go there and do that. Let's take John Mark with us. No, I don't want to. Yes, let's do it. So he's all about like this teamwork and encouragement and building other people up. You can just imagine how when he shares his faith, it's going to be uplifting and encouraging. And then there's Paul, who is like all about apologetics, which is defending 
you know, the reason behind why this faith is true. And um, <clears throat> I'm way behind on, on reading the verses to you. It says in Acts 17, um, he's at a synagogue and he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from dead and that Jesus was that Messiah. And then when we look at the life of Jesus in all the Gospels, he does every style, which is great. If you need some examples, you can just go check out Jesus. He does prophetic ministry with the woman at the well when he's like, oh yeah, it's true when you say you don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five and the man you now live with is not your husband. And she's like, whoa, this guy is crazy. And she goes and tells her whole village, come out and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. He's involved in fighting for a cause and social justice. He overturns the tables of the money changers in the temple and says, this is supposed to be a house of prayer and you've made it a den of robbers. Um, miracles everywhere in the ministry of Jesus and all the other folks that we saw there. Um, um, just miracles from God that gets people's attention and then they're able to share their faith. Service and compassion in Matthew 14 um, it says Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick, and then he proceeds to miraculously feed everybody who's there, meeting that real need, service like the soup kitchen, and compassion. So these are tons of ways. Hopefully one resonates with you. There are others that I didn't think of. I ran out of room in the table. It would have been less beautiful with more rows. Um, so look for what, what you're good at and use that and then, and then grow in the areas that you're not good at. That's the encouragement there. The other one is, remember in 2 Corinthians 5 where it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So you're a new creation if you're a follower of Jesus. And the encouragement is to be the new creation you in all parts of your life. There actually is not sacred and secular. There's not the Jesus part of your life and the work part of your life. There's no church you and work you. There's no these friends and those friends. It's intended to all be one. And if we really let the good news of the gospel into all of our life, it will build up and bubble over in all of uh, the situations. So the encouragement is to do that. So I too have a couple of stories for you on overcoming obstacle number two. Let me just cough. Thank you. Okay, so... Um, so, <laughs> it's all about coughing. Okay, so um, I was on a work trip, and uh, they call the zones to get on the plane, right? And then everybody, like, gets in line or whatever. And so I hop in line, and I kind of see this person, this uh, young woman, getting in line behind me. And I just heard in my mind the word overlooked. And I'm like, oh, God, are you saying that, that she feels overlooked in her life? He's like, yep. And I was kind of like, nope. <laughs> Did not turn and talk to her because I was scared. But what I did do is I got on the plane and I was like, I had an hour and a half now. And I'm like, oh man, God, what do I do with this? And so I'm just praying. And so I'm like, I'm just going to write out what you would, what you want to say to her. And so I'm like, God, what are you saying? Okay. And so I wrote down, you know, the Lord just prompted me that you felt overlooked in your life. And he wants you to know that he cares about you, that he always sees you everywhere you are, and he loves you so much. Something like that. And my little notebook and tear out the page and get it all ready. Luckily, she was sitting several rows behind me on the plane. So I could ambush her when she got off. And <laughs> she comes to the screen to like see where her connecting flight is. And I, I kind of walk up <laughs> out of, out of uh, where I was. And I was like, excuse me, um, I just wanted to give you this. And I hand it to her and I'm like, have a great day. Woo! <laughs> Off I go. 
So I was a little timid. Maybe I'm not like, uh, my strength isn't like striking up a conversation with a stranger. But it, it, was, uh, it was very encouraging. She was like, oh, wow, thank you so much. She hadn't even looked at it. <laughs> She's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, have a great day. <laughs> so obviously, yeah, yeah, maybe that and word hit. Plane, she got a note from Bill. Yeah. Couldn't tell you who else Everyone flew. Else was overlooked, yeah. but not no her. idea. Not her. So I was doing what I could out of a strength, and I was maybe not the best in my area of weakness, but I did deliver the message. You can do that too. Um, yeah, and I think that is so good. Like, if you are more comfortable writing your thoughts down instead of speaking to someone face to face, do that. If you're more comfortable speaking to someone face to face and striking up a conversation, do that. You know, one isn't more holy than, than the other. You're getting that message across, the, the, the vehicle you use. You know, he gave all those examples of, of ways you can be. Um, just, just go for it. And in fact, if you write it down, then they have a copy of it and they won't forget what you said. Yeah. That way, so good. Highly recommend that way. So the, yeah, another story that I have for you is I was, um, did you know there's a study that says that people who become a Christian on average have about seven, I'll call them Jesus interactions before they decide to actually put their faith in him. So it, it takes on average seven of these types of um, encounters before somebody decides to become a Christian. So don't be discouraged if you're number one, two, three, four, five, or six you know, and it's like, oh man, they didn't become a Christian when I said that amazing thing. It takes time and that's okay. But being faithful to do, to be one through six is super important. And this story will help explain why. Um, I was running during a lunch break at work with a friend who's also a Christian. We have great talks while we're out running. And the two of us run by this guy who's just sitting by the trail with like his belongings strewn about in the grass. And, and he turns to me, he goes, we got to do this, turn around. <laughs> I'm like, okay, not really feeling it. And uh, so he goes up to the guy and says, hey, can I pray for you about anything? Do you, you know, is there any need that I can pray for? And the guy's like, nope, I'm good, thanks. But he was persistent. He goes, oh, really, most people, there's something, you know, that they'd like prayer for. And he's like, well, actually, and he starts sharing how he's trying to overcome addiction and how life has been really tough lately. And, and so we get into this, um, this conversation. And as we're doing that, he looks at me and he goes, you, you talked to me before, didn't you? And I was like, he goes, yeah, by the basketball court that one time. And I'm like, nope, not me. I don't even live in Battle Creek. I live in Kalamazoo. So it couldn't have been me. But it became evident that he was more open to talking with us because of that guy who looked like me <laughs> talking to him a couple of weeks ago. And so sometimes it takes multiple interactions. And it ended up being this amazing conversation. He's crying. We prayed for him, shared this, you know, good truth. And uh, it was just great. That is good. Um, and so I was going to just say, you know, that you might be walking along. You know, we've talked about being intentional and preparing for people who you see frequently in your life. But what if you're walking along and like Jesus, you're just moved by compassion for someone that you happen to walk past or run past. Um, you know, it's just okay to take a second to process what the Holy Spirit's asking you to do. Your focus is on what you were going to do. 
So just take a minute to like process and okay, God, what message do you want me to deliver? And then just go ahead and find that person. Most of the time they're still there. You can still find them. And if you can't, it's okay. Um, but you know, just go up to them and say something like, Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I was just walking by and saw you sitting here. And as I was walking by, I just felt like God spoke to me and asked me to, to come over and, and encourage you and pray for you. Is, is there anything, you know, going on in your life right now that I could pray for? You know, how are you doing? And just, you know, just go ahead and do that. The Holy Spirit in you is very powerful and effective. So let the Holy Spirit out. Is that good for? Yep. On to obstacle right. number three. Obstacle number three. I'm afraid. You know, there's so many things that we could be afraid of, right? I'm afraid they're going to get mad. Um, I'm afraid that they'll think I'm strange, and now everyone, now I have this label of, you know, being the weirdo or something. I don't know. The, um, you could be afraid um, that it's going to be super awkward. And then, and then you'll, you'll be, on be on the awkward, awkward journey instead, instead of the outward journey. journey. <laughs> um, and, and so, so there's, there's just so many fears that can seem so big and overpowering. But let's just kind of blast through that obstacle. How's that sound? The key strategy is be bold. Let the boldness well up inside of you so big that those fears just pale in comparison and are so small and are not um, powerful enough to, to, call, to control how you behave. So 2 Corinthians 3.12 says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We have the hope. We have Jesus inside of us. We've been forgiven. We've been redeemed. We've been set free. We were singing about this morning, we are, we are your church, we are the hope on earth. We have this hope that um, the Holy Spirit wells up inside of us and causes us to be very bold. When we look at um, the love that we have that the world needs, when we look at the message of truth that others need, that emboldens us. And we look at, wow, I have something that someone needs. They're, you know, they're starving without it. Of course you want to give that to them, you know? Um, the Bible says that, you know, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so, like I said, we have God in us, which is amazing. Isn't that crazy? We have God in us, shining out of us. And when, and when he does, he does that, that, others are going to see our good deeds, the way we live our life, and it's going to cause them to glorify the Father in heaven. So, so from that verse, we know that our actions matter a lot, right? The way we live our lives every day, that matters so much. In fact, we should right, be living in such a way that actually draws other people to, to ask and wonder you know, you know, what, what makes, makes you different? different? You know, you know why, why is it that you're not upset over this? this? You, know, you know, living. living and, and, and so our actions are always speaking, speaking, even when our mouth isn't speaking, right? Our actions are constantly speaking. So that's so important. But guess what? Sometimes we also need to open our mouth. Sometimes we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, right? 
and we need to confess him before men so that he will confess us before the Father in heaven. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, 7 says, there is a time to keep silent and a time to speak. And um, I think it's so important that we ask the Lord for discernment to know when is it time to speak and when is it time to be silent. Um, you know, it's God who should get to say when we speak and when we're silent, not fear. I think a lot of times fear makes that decision for us instead of God. Um, you know, I want to be willing to speak when he says to speak and then have the self-control to not speak when he says to be silent. And um, he can, you know, he can speak to us and, and, and lead us in that way. So if we're always silent, if we're living these godly lives, but we're always silent, that's a problem. Or if we are always speaking and we're not living these godly lives, we're never listening, that's a problem too. Um, so we need, we need to have both in discernment to know, to know when. Um, and it is so important to, to be a good listener. I've had so many people tell me over the last several months, thank you for listening. And so I love to listen. I care for people. Um, and I want to continue, you know, doing that. But I also want to speak up when it's time and, and have the boldness um, to point them to Jesus and, and be willing to share Jesus with the hurting person. I don't want to just be a listening ear. If God's saying, you know, tell them about me, I want to, I want to heal them. So, yeah, so there's this great verse. If you are struggling with fear, the encouragement is he is with you. And the verse is in Isaiah 41. And it says this, so do not fear for I am with you. Just like I said, right? It's in there. <laughs> do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. I think he's saying don't fear. He says it quite, quite a bit in there. He says it a lot because if you're anything like me, you struggle with it a lot of being afraid to speak up and share your faith. Oh, thank you. Some, some tea for my cough. I appreciate that. Set it right there and try not to spill it. Okay, so um, yeah, fear is such a common obstacle when we're thinking about sharing our faith. You know, you just get, start getting nervous. Like, oh my gosh, God wants me to say this to them. Oh, what's going to happen? And all this stuff comes up. But he is with us. It's such an encouragement. And this verse says, God who takes hold of your right hand. It's almost like with my kids when like, all right, you need to go say sorry to that person. Or why don't you order your food at Panera? Like, oh, dad, but I'm scared to do it. So what do you do? You like grab their hand and you help them do the thing that they're scared of doing. And he's promising to do that for us. Isn't that great? Super exciting. You can do it with his help. All right. We are going to review the three things that we said this morning. We identified three common obstacles. I don't know what to say. And the solution is to be prepared. Number two, I can't do this. And the solution is be you full of the Holy Spirit. Build on your strengths and prepare in areas where you're not as good. And number three, I'm afraid. The strategy is to be bold. Know that God is with you and he will help you. 
So what we want to do to close is just, well, first of all, would you stand with me? We're going to pray. But I would love for you to just take a minute right now and think about when you, if you think about sharing your faith with somebody else or that moment when he's like, go talk to that person. What is the obstacle that pops up for you most often? Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's not being sure what to say um, or not knowing how to do it but you probably have one that comes to mind. And we're just going to bring that to the Lord in prayer. And what we're going to say is, God, I'm sorry for agreeing with that more than I agree with you. We're going to receive his forgiveness. We're going to get that out of the way so we're able to to act a different way next time it comes up. Sound good? Yes. Awesome. All right. So bow your heads and repeat after me if you would. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me for agreeing with this obstacle more than I agree with you. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for the cross of Jesus. And God, I want to know your truth. How do you feel when I'm afraid? Just take a minute to listen and see what he says. And then let's receive his truth. Say, Father God, I receive your truth. Thank you that you are always with me. And that you will help me. In Jesus' name. Amen.